Yeah. No. Let's try something a little bit different. Thank you. You're tuning in to the GZP Podcast. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode one of Gen Z Perspective, the only place where you can find news told by someone born in this century. I would first like to thank everyone for tuning in, and then we're going to kick this episode off strong by addressing the title of this episode, He Tweeted What?, This episode will primarily be broken up into three main segments. A segment first on any updates in the social world you should be aware of, hence the Twitter title, followed by a section on the economy, and then we're going to be finishing off today's show with a political segment. All right, and so for those of you who haven't heard, the big man, Elon Musk, has officially become chief executive officer of Twitter. To be honest, I was a little lost at first because when you look up his name no longer even says anything about Tesla. You literally are just informed that he owns Twitter. And when I first heard, I was imagining Twitter to kind of, you know, be his pet project, something to mess around with. But I guess it's his multi-billion dollar company that's the side project now with Twitter being his main focus. In any case, as of October 27th, Elon is Twitter's official owner And he's wasted no time just revamping the site in any way he sees fit. To summarize, Elon has added a feature that allows users to purchase their own Twitter verification icon, which is that little blue check mark that you see on all the celebrities and whatnot. And this was done in an attempt to weed out Twitter's massive horde of bot accounts and spammers to create a more genuine feeling community. And while this worked to some degree, because you don't really get the bot accounts anymore, as now you only see verified Twitter accounts primarily on your page, and you really have to scroll if you want to see any non-verified accounts. However, Elon believes that this is a battle for the future civilization. If free speech is lost, even in America, tyranny is all that lies ahead. That's a direct quote from Elon that you can find on his Twitter page, believe it or not. This holds a little irony, if you ask me, because now in order to even appear on other users' pages, you have to pay an $8 a month fee to be verified, a price that many just can't afford to pay. So we're looking at free speech, but not free speech. You're free to say what you want, but you have to pay to say what you want. So there's a little bit of a mix-up there. And... To be honest with you, this whole thing is starting to look more and more dystopian. You know what I mean? Like, pretty soon, your Twitter following is just going to be directly proportional to your political influence, and posting anything anti-Elon will just result in instant execution. You're like, Elon, we've detected a post by Charles569 saying, I don't know if this is the right thing to do, guys. Maybe we should all just be friends. Elon, I want him eliminated. Dox his ass, bring him to my Tesla Tigers. This is completely ridiculous, I know. But believe it or not, 
Elon's nonsense actually is going beyond Twitter even, with the changes that he's made giving way to some pretty hilarious economical developments. For example, as a result of Elon's new Twitter verification style, a verified Eli Lilly Twitter account surfaced tweeting a single message, we're excited to announce insulin is free now. Just let that sink in for a second. Insulin is free. For those of you who don't know, Eli Lilly is the name of the official insulin production company. And in any case, this tweet built massive traction. And as a result, caused a huge panic in the Eli Lilly company, most importantly, in its shareholders. Upon seeing the tweet and all the traction it had gained, many of the shareholders released their stock, and overnight, the Eli Lilly stock value completely tanked. This is all the result, mind you, of a single fake tweet made by an $8 verified Twitter account. I think, I, I don't know about you guys, but this is just completely ridiculous to me, and I can't wait to see where this goes in the future. But... In other news, are we finally reeling in inflation? This past month, the consumer price index rose a half percent less than it has in past months. Which, keep in mind, this is a very small change, but it means we're heading in the right direction. Because in these past couple months, it's done nothing but increase. And the Federal Reserve is continuing to incrementally raise the interest rates in an attempt to balance out the excessive price points. Progress is being made. It's a very slow climb, but we are climbing nonetheless. So we've got to be grateful for that. Now, unfortunately, you are still going to be paying more for gas in these couple months because OPEC, which stands for the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, has recently decided to cut their production of crude oil, which, as you can imagine, would jack up the prices as there's once again a greater shortage. Not that we weren't already short enough. But these companies are looking to do so to do exactly that. They want to increase prices so they can make more off of each barrel. If I'm not mistaken, Saudi Arabia is currently making about $120 a barrel. You can believe that. And with the world on average consuming about a hundred million dollars worth of barrels a day a two million dollar cut in barrel production will have quite a large impact so if you're wondering why you have to put in a few extra dollars each time you go to get gas that's going to be a reason why we've had that recent reversal but do keep in mind inflation is going down at present so you will still be seeing decreases in gas incrementally over a very extended period of time I would like to take a brief moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Professor Koenig. This episode would not have been possible without her guidance and contributions. Are you looking for a greater understanding of rhetorical appeals that's taught in a way that won't put you to sleep? Well, good news. At Yuba College, you can find English 1A, taught by Professor Koenig. Through this class, you'll find a diverse use of teaching styles and interesting coursework that'll keep you busy, but still enjoy the learning. I can personally vouch for this. I've used the English 1A class in my time, taught by Professor Koenig, and I've completely enjoyed my experience, had a great time, learned a lot. In fact, it was the inspiration, you could say, for this podcast. 
So I would absolutely recommend. You'll learn a lot, and it's a lot of fun. That is English 1A by Professor P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R Koenig, K-O-E-N-I-G. I'll see you there. Now let's take a dive over into the political field. With the recent elections for the Senate and House of Reps, we're going to go more into the statistics of that and what they mean for you. To kick things off, at present, the Democrats have control over the Senate with a 50-seat possession, the GOP only containing 49, and the House of Reps is currently in possession of the GOP, holding 220 seats as opposed to the Democrats' 213. The Democrat controls the Senate, which I would imagine will be a big help to President Biden, as the government being in support will likely mean that his agenda will be in support as well in the following years. Now, if we're looking down to a state level, at present, we have an equal 18 to 18 states voted in a new governor this term, with 18 of those states being Democratic, 18 being Republican, and the remaining 14 states keeping their original leaders once again, it's going to be about a 50-50, seven and seven states being GOP and Democrat. And another thing to note is this year we produced a substantial increase in voter turnout with 158.4 million people turning up to place their vote. I personally would like to believe it's the results of a new generation reaching the voting age, more specifically Gen Z who have been raised to, you know, speak their mind and always keep always just keep the mindset of got to make an impact, got to make an impact. And that's why we're seeing so many additional voter turnouts this year is they're all going in wanting to place their vote, wanting to make a change. And while the US does rank low in comparison to other countries in terms of our voter turnout, this is still a massive jump that should be pointing us in the right direction. It's also valuable to note that while our voter turnout is low, our registered voter turnout, meaning those who have voted before returning to vote again, is extremely high. I believe is approximately 90.2% of our original voters have returned to vote once again. In other news, a recent potential railroad strike has put major pressure on the president and in order to avoid shutdown of all our nation's railroads, he is being forced to pass a bill to shut down the possibility of the strike. And to be completely honest with you, I'm just amazed that trains still play any role in our nation's economy. I honestly I was given the impression that trains are just kind of pointless because we have drones and planes and big trucks, I guess. But that is clearly not the case, as they still play a massive role in the transportation of goods in the U.S., likely just because of the such a massive network of railroads they have and their potential for size. But in any case, you should be keeping an eye on the results of this bill and potentially the results of the ensuing strike, as if, if it were to occur all of the major railroads would be shut down as no one would be driving those trains, which would take a massive toll on our nation's transportation of goods, and as a result, the goods that you can be receiving. 
Now we have a bonus segment on the weather today. Recent weather developments have shown evidence of a large potential storm that is building up over the southern and midwestern states, ranging from Houston, Texas, all the way into lower Ohio. So we're going to be looking from top to bottom of the country. And this storm is expected to affect up to 40 million people, and those of central Mississippi especially can expect 50 to 60 mile an hour winds with potential tornadoes as a result, severe thunderstorms, and large hail. Now we want to keep in mind here, these tornadoes are not typical as your traditional tornado will touch down and be on the ground for no more than a couple minutes. However, likely because of the colder weather at the time of this storm, we're going to be looking at some much longer standing tornadoes, which as one could expect will result in higher damage potential. Frankly, I am just amazed that there's even a 40 million population in the Midwest. When I think of Midwest, I think of small towns, things such as that. But I guess there are plenty of people to keep in mind about this possible weather impact. Additionally, a lot of agricultural states are going to be hit here, and this storm has a lot of agricultural potential for impact. Because typically, we'd be seeing this type of storm in the warmer months of the year, so a late month storms to this will have a much deeper impact. In other words, I would advise not visiting the Midwest. I would be surprised if you would be, but maybe you really want to see that world's largest ball of yarn. But I would recommend not doing so at this point in time, as it will likely be unraveled by those 60 mile an hour winds. So maybe check it out another time. All right, everyone, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in today. This has been episode one of the GZP podcast. Thank you guys so much. Hope you have a great rest of your day. See you next time.